Thank you so much for joining us. In that recent exploration, we hope you gained some value and we'd love to learn from you what you took away, what maybe challenged you, what new ideas that you have. Please do share this on your social media platforms if you feel moved. And you can find out more about HexoChange at hexochangenow.com where you can subscribe for the weekly or bi-weekly updates where I'll update you with regard to in-person events, blogs, blogs, service offerings, and other thoughts and ideas that come to mind. Hope to see you around. So I'm here this afternoon, <laughs> the Sam Samantha Sapaya, this morning for me, Gary Turner, and thank you, wherever you are in the world, for joining us. We're going to have a lovely exploration today as we talk, as we discuss activating consciousness, what that means for me, what that means for Sam. And it's really funny because I just hit record because Sam's eaten a lunch, which he should have had five hours ago. Mm-hmm. And I just asked myself a question and Sam said, hit record, you need to ask yourself that question. And that question was, why did I Wait, feel that... ask it. Sorry, you ask it, go. So you, Gary Turner, have hosted a podcast previously entitled Value Through Vulnerability. Now, if everyone was being so vulnerable, why was there a need for an introduction, a high production introduction to your podcast? <laughs> Good question, Samantha Sapphire. <laughs> thank you it's um isn't it funny like literally in this moment that was an a lack of challenging or just not even lack of challenge the innocent sleepwalking along what we've picked up as normal I think that's a lot of what it was it's like if I'm going to have a podcast then I need to give it an introduction but it was not a conscious thought it wasn't even a don't get me wrong I liked the introduction you know, I liked what I was saying about it, you know, bringing the human back into humanity. But why yeah. did I introduce every single conversation with an intro? <laughs> like, and, wh- and where does that stem from? So that was, a, there was definitely an unconscious element there. So. And how do you feel like, was it part of it that it's just so normal to give something an identity and to sort of build the boundaries of where that identity is? Yeah, so you're onto something straight away, aren't you, is that? Yes. And as we, before we jumped on, we were talking about gender fluidity and, and et cetera. And I think, I think, yes, in a way, it's like, it's sort of like, I guess if I asked a different question, what would people think if we just got on with a conversation like you and I are doing now and we didn't give it an identity up front? Like, how are people going to react? And maybe there's an element of fear in that. Like, if I don't signpost it and I make it really clear, that it's about this, therefore people may think I'm weird. Because I'm not weird. We're talking about alien invasions. <laughs> isn't, it, isn't it weird though? Isn't it, it, it's... What else would we be talking about though? Obviously we're talking about Black Panther, Jesus. <laughs> so, there's our little musing as we get going. How is Samantha Sapaya as you eat your lunch? I'm doing good. Um... I'm sort of having a kidney bean stew, which is really sweet and spicy. And the way that I made this stew, I made like a huge amount of it. And every day that I have it again, because it just sits in the fridge, because I don't have time to cook like a normal person, um, I add things to it that make it taste different every single time. And that's essentially how I wake up every day as well. I want to be able to 
try out different things every day of my life to be able to see if I'm becoming that person. So I'm sort of testing, I'm sort of innovating. I'm sort of also allowing things to decay where they need to decay and allowing things to come into being if it needs to come into being. Some days I hate it and some days I love it, but in general, it's like the seasons, right? Every day is a different day. How can I expect to be the same person every single day? That's nuts, that's crazy. Boom, there we go, down the rabbit hole, love it, Sam. Like, no, no, but, but, but the parallels, I just think about yep. the parallels with- It's all parallels. Like, to, to think about like the Western life that I've, I've grown up in, you, you know my story, maybe, maybe if you don't know me and you're listening to this for the first time, so I've had my own sort of crazy exploration the last five years from sort of adolescent bullying through to self-harming through to all of the stories we all have our own version of. And then getting to this stage of like, oh my God, so much of that was grounded in, I will be okay when I have the job, I have the good life, I feel successful. Instead of going, as Sam just described beautifully, here's my minimum You're viable really product. Here's my minimum viable product of life. Like, here's my food. I'm going to add to it. I'm going to create a different flavor. And I'm just going to iterate because that's all I can do is iterate. But have fun with it. Like, that's that's really powerful, Sam. I don't know why you're living like that before. It sounds boring. <laughs> and it sounds like, but that's also, that's also the story that modernity wants to tell us, right? That's the story that we're told in order to be successful, in order to be stable, in order to not have any fears, in order to be comfortable. And, and then you just get so scared that you never meet that. So it's always becoming true. It's its own self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Because it's a fear-based tactic, scarcity mindset, etc. And what the additional thing of what modernity wants us to believe is that we have to be in service to someone else. We have to be working for someone else. We have to be working for uh, a system that someone else created just to keep it going because what happens if it stops? And then, you know, nobody ever asks, yeah, but what happens if it stops? Because this is a good thing that we have right now. There's no asking that question because if you want a job, if you want a, a raise, <laughs> if you want a house, if you want, you know, the so-called good life with a wife and kids, etc., maybe a dog, then you're just going to end up with, you know, a fractured finger. <laughs> For you that are listening, this is um, very much directed at me because my dog <laughs> did actually break my finger. We'll come back to that one. We'll come back to that one. But, you know, we could end up with so much more than that. That's the thing. What we end up with is separation, disconnection, a lack of actually understanding that we are humans. We're animals. We're part of this world. This world made us. You know, we didn't make the world. We're destroying it. And the sooner we can see through that veil, um, the sooner we realize how embedded we are in it. And we can see how civilization exists in our minds, just as much as colonization exists in our minds. Because these are the stories that have been told for centuries, across generations, out of fear. 
So I want to ask you the question, because you asked it. What would happen? What would happen if we stopped conforming to the current system? Well, we did. COVID came. And what would happen is exactly what everyone knew would happen. People panicked. People stoked the panic in order to try to retain control. And then we end up with even more inequality, even more death and destruction, even more social injustice. And meanwhile, none of the global challenges have been adequately addressed or even affected by COVID itself. It's just made everything worse. So there you go. That's what will happen simply because we're still stuck in that same mindset, that same thinking, that same comfort, that same you know, I miss this, I miss that. Instead of being, here's what could happen. Here's the possibility of what we can do. That's really powerful because, uh, and again, I'd love for, for, people, for people that may not know you yet, Sam, as you come to the end of your lunch, just give us a, give us a little bit of a lowdown as to like, so people have heard you, they've heard you share a bit of your insight, you know, your view on the world. Like, why does this matter so much to you? Tell us a bit more about your work for those that don't know you as of today. Yeah. Um, why does this matter so much to me? I think it just comes back down to, I don't see any other reason for living if it weren't for doing what I do. Why am I here breathing the oxygen that I'm breathing, eating the food that I'm eating, using the water that I'm using? What's it for? Why is the entire planet creating these resources for me? That's all. That's exactly why I do what I do. Because I think it's amazing what life is doing on planet Earth. And I think it's horrible what humans are doing on planet Earth in, in a war against life. It's just not right. Wow, the war against life, the war against ourselves, how bizarre. It was always gonna to get to that point. It was always gonna to get to that point. So tell us a little bit about the specific work that you're doing. So I know you're down in Manila, down in the, down in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. what, what's the actual, what are you working on at the moment? So you can bring bring a bit of this passion to life for people in terms of how are you actually using this, this purpose of yours to, to try and turn around this madness? <laughs> it is complete and utter madness. I don't think that I have any ambitions whatsoever to turn anything around. I think my ambitions are simply to live um, in a manner that I, I find honors the ecosystem services that I'm consuming, that I'm using up. And the areas in which um, I'm working and developing my collective around are regenerative urbanism, regenerative leadership, and stories of the global south. So those three elements I find are incredibly important because of what is not currently happening in the world 
and the future that I want includes all of these things to be happening in the world. So regenerative urbanism is important because cities are the main source of pain on the planet. Um, regenerative leadership is important because people in power are the main source of pain in our systems. And the stories of the global south are important because they have been unheard for 600 years. And the stories of the global south are also the stories of Mother Earth being destroyed, decimated completely from the system of colonization that continues to this day. It's alive and well, a colonial project. Um, so these elements all come together for me um, and they're very closely interlinked and interwoven. Um, and the people that I'm working together with, uh, my collective are exactly aligned on this front, just as I have said, why else am I alive? They would say the same. And I think the most powerful thing is not what I think needs to be done, but rather what we collectively can explore and sense in together to understand what is it that we can do together, given the state of affairs right now, knowing that I'm not going to change anything, but that I would at least have lived a life that I'm proud of. I'm proud to go to bed every night doing what I do. I'm proud to wake up every morning to do what I do. And who, who would not want, I believe, who would not want that experience? However, what I'm learning, and with your support as one of my guides, um, as I go on my own journey, is we have to get out that fear-based mindset. We have to come from a place of possibility and abundance. That's what I'm learning rapidly. Absolutely. And part of it is also tapping into our dark side, right? Part of it is imagining what we don't want to imagine imagining ourselves in situations that we don't want to be in. And if we can't even step into the imagination, what happens when we're there? We go back into fear. You know, we don't enter those spaces with power. We don't enter those spaces with imagination. God, that's so, I want to share something actually with you who kindly joined Sam and I today, actually, because one of the most powerful experiences I've had in the last few months is where Sam guided me to sense into and feel when I had testicular cancer. Um, last Q1 of 2020. And what Sam asked me to do was actually, how did you feel at that time? You know, what were you thinking? Can you, what were you tasting? What was you smelling? What was that experience as you were diagnosed and went through that experience of life? And it just really blew my mind and took me right back there, but not through a place of fear. So it, it was, it was an awareness raising rather than a fear no, like like a rabbit hole of fear that I got lost down and you really helped me realize actually sensing into these experiences is actually part of the journey and not to suppress all of them absolutely your life is a gold mine it's full of all these memories that you've experienced no one else did you experienced it. and there are so many lessons that we have yet to learn from our own experiences all it takes is for us to go back and really try to uncover those lessons. Every time we put a different lens on, we find a different thing. It's just like reading a book, right? 300 times. You're going to find a different thing each time you read this book. It's exactly the same with your life. Very cool. Very, very cool. Um, like, honestly, we could just press stop now. Like, 15 minutes in, like, there's the world sorted, job done. But I know Sam's got a lot more to give than that. So when you think about 
Look, mm. So I've got this podcast called Activating Consciousness. Over time, as you know, I want it to become more of a its own social sort of being in a way where we actually bring those southern those global south voices together with the global north so that we actually build an ongoing dialogue we'll see what emerges for that <laughs> you know we'll, we'll, we'll let that sort of play its way out yeah. but when i speak about activating consciousness what what comes up for you in that term um when you just think about it in the moment does it i'm just wondering what it yeah. means for you. well one thing that comes up is that it's dormant right now that it needs to be activated, right? And before we even go into that, what is consciousness? I'm not sure we even understand what that is. I, I think we've sort of lost touch with what human consciousness actually is. And I don't want to get into the whole like, you know, mindfulness or yoga or, you know, any sort of kind of spiritual connection around that word, but rather just are we conscious of how connected we are with the millions of different species that we have pushed to extinction? Are we conscious of how connected we are to a particular type of bacteria in the ocean that produces 10% of our oxygen? Are we conscious of what we are in our place in the natural ecosystems? just a very practical sense of what consciousness is in our interconnected planet, because we get all of these services for free, all of them. And so if that's dormant now, how do we activate that? Oh, you got my whole upper body tingling again. It's it, no, but it's such a beautiful frame because one of my and um, what Sam's been helping me with actually, um, for you that are joining us today, is so I've got this vision of building what I call a, a conscious chemicals community, which is a community of heart led, open minded change makers that really do want to join these collective dots. And what that means for me is someone that works in big corporate, including the chemicals industry, is do we realize that to get this mobile phone in our hands, there's actually the risk to displacement of tribes in the Amazon yeah. to get crude oil or to get precious rare earth metals from Africa or to transport products halfway around the world to be a component of your iPhone? So when we think about the upgrade to an iPhone, don't just think you're getting another upgrade to an iPhone, you're getting potentially um, quite major extractive means of that landing in your hand and i think this is something that i've really woken up to sam in the last sort of six to nine months personally yeah and it's it's ridiculous when you look into every human system that exists on the planet today there is there is nothing that is without injustice nothing so if for example you say that you care about animals then you're letting genocide happen right on your plate Right. And then we say we want to we want to do philanthropy. We care about people in poverty. And yet we participate actively in a system that keeps them in poverty. We say we want equality and diversity in our political systems. And yet 
we've given them the power to do what they want and to keep us oppressed, right? How are we, how are we undoing ourselves? How are we not helping ourselves right now? And how can we see ourselves as part of a greater whole in a more constructive way that actually helps us co-create really the future that we want? Now we say that way too much in just like words. We never say that in how we act. Not really, not systematically, not really using, you know, the leverage points that we have access to. Because we think, and we're, we've been told that we're too small to make a difference, right? You might be too small to make a difference if you're saving like one plastic bag, yeah, that's, that's too small. But if you're using your vote in the right way, especially if you live in the global north, if you're supporting large firms in the right way, especially if you're in the global north, as a consumer with economic power, relatively speaking, then you're actually doing something to shift the system. And you don't have to actually be aware of whether there are millions of people or just three or four people who are doing the same thing as you, because you're conscious of your place in the system and you're aware of the leverage that you actually have. And that's the power that you can use to actually send that message out, no matter how big, no matter how small. Mm. Can you tell us a little bit as well about the global room that you've developed, Sam? Because I took so much away from that experience. I'm wondering, is it something you're going to run again at any time? Yeah, I might do if I find the time. Um, <laughs> the global room is a place um, telling the story. It's really just a place to tell the story of the environmental movement. So the environmental movement that essentially started during colonial times and even before as a way of trying to fix the damage that we started to see uh, that human activity was having on the planet. And leading all the way up to how did we get to the sustainable development goals? How did we get to the Paris Agreement? And the way that I tell this story is not just from an overarching global, you know, global movement sort of lens. I'm also telling the story of individuals in that process of how decisions were made, what motivated particular people to do certain things and, and who were they working with at that time. So in reality, the global room, I, I often end up phrasing it as it's a story of leadership or actually it's a story of failed leadership because we haven't, we haven't been good enough right, to get us to the point where we're actually starting to reverse the trends. Um, so what the global room also is, um, is a way for people to express the emotions that they feel with a particular regard to eco-anxiety, particular regard to social injustice, climate injustice, and to just speak to other people who are also concerned about the same issues and to build that sense of solidarity that we so miss today in the world. And just to have that space, just to have the, those facilitated conversations. And in one recent case where you, Gary, were able to join me in the global room and I did it for uh, an international school in Tanzania, it's also to connect peoples across peoples, different stories. And I remember this, this one question Rosie was asking you. Um, so one of the students, Rosie, was 
was very, she caught on to the fact that you're working in the chemicals industry and she had asked you this question, like how do you reconcile that fact, right? That you're in such a destructive industry. And I thought that was amazing just to have that opportunity, right? 17 year old in Tanzania, be able to ask you as someone in the chemical sector who is actively trying to seek you know better ways right to do things across the sector and your answer to that was around it's systemic but it's also emotional it's personal but it's also the entire world and how do we hold the mirrors up to ourselves and our ability to step up to that is totally crucial totally crucial to that story. So that moment of vulnerability that, that you expressed and you really kind of put out there for these youths, right? Who are literally asking you for that answer of what are you gonna do? How did you feel in that moment? I think it was, um, it was a combination of two things. Oh, that's a door, it's real life. Um, <laughs> um, is a combination of two things. One was sort of amazement and wonder at the, not only the question, but the context and how it's delivered by that young person, that young adult. It's just like, wow. Just so you said, blown away by the, the, the succinctness and the clarity and the depth. Yeah. At, and at the same time, a real deep internal vulnerability of like, I'm going to give you my in the moment response, but I'm not, pre I'm not, I don't have a fully formed answer and I'm still working through it. <laughs> and, but, but, but I think what, what also came out of that global room experience for me was the clarity. And it's, I'm glad we're talking about this now, actually, because I'm sure it would have been a seed to what's now happening, um, yep. consciously or unconsciously. And I think what I've become clearer on is that you know, I'm not going you know, to coin Gandhi, you know, like be the change. Like we, that gets thrown around so much in like leadership and corporate and here's your quote base. But to truly be it is, is interesting. And I feel like that conversation is part of what started my current exploration around this, this conscious chemicals community is actually what could it be like to leverage the collective wisdom, global south, global north, across this currently massively extractive industry but i know i just know sam that there are tens of thousands of people that would love to be in this conversation with you and i right now but there is the fear there is the attachment to identity there is the attachment to worth and money and houses and status so to create that safe space to come in and have this conversation it's almost like a, yeah it's like dovetailing your global room with this community and then getting, yeah. getting the leverage of all of these different movements and collabs. And like, it's not about one. I think for me, what's really come up powerfully, there's something yeah. about the connectivity. It's actually how do each of these different things orbit one another and connect, but go in the same channel, the same flow in a positive way and not be disparate energy sources that just die before they reach the, the intended outcome. You know, it's, it, there's something about... So I've gone off a bit of this a is, thing, but <laughs> no, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's disconnected at all, but I do think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I think we have to hold all of these experiments, right? This is 
exactly mirrored in evolution, where some experiments just don't work. You know, those ways of evolving just don't fit. Don't fit the current ecosystems, don't fit the current environment, whatever it is, but they need to be experiments nonetheless. Because we're trying to find all of the different ways to get out of this mess. Such a good challenge. Thank you for that. You're right. No, no, it's because it's, it's, there's my corporate got to get a line speak kicking in and you're just like, no, 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 some stuff's got to decay and some of it will bud. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and we have to we have to know and we have to recognize all of these things in order to not repeat, right, failed experiments. So I'm not saying we don't do it efficiently, but I'm saying they need to be had because what if, what if we stumble into something else, right? I want to hold that possibility. I don't want to, I don't want to be precious about spending resources and innovation, right? When we could find something that really takes us to the next level just because we were too scared to imagine it. Like, I'm not willing to take that risk. Boom. Love that. Love that, Sam. Well, look, we're, we're getting towards wrapping up now and you've finished your lunch. That's good news. Um, <laughs> what would you, is there any sort of, I'd, I'd love a sort of tangible invitation from you for anyone that's kindly joined us today. Not a recommendation, but an invitation. Where, where, where would you invite people? If they've listened to us today, hopefully they've taken away a fair amount of depth and reflection. But again, we want to activate. We don't just want to raise consciousness. We want to activate it. Any invitations? Maybe what, what people may, you, you may invite them to go and have a read or maybe dive in or step into their courage, you know, whatever it might be. What comes up for you in this moment? Well, I would say there are two things. The first being deep adaptation. If you haven't come across deep adaptation before, it's a 30 odd page paper originally written in 2018 by Professor Jeb Bendel in the UK. And the second edition came out earlier in 2020. Deep adaptation talks about exactly what it says on the tin. The amount of deep change that we need um, in order to adapt to the climate reality that we are going to be facing, no matter how many people deny or underestimate uh, that change. And the second thing that I think I would invite people to learn about is global history. Um, not enough people are aware actually of the human world that we live in or what humans have done to each other in the past to lead to the very entrenched systems that we have today. So whether that's, you know, via a YouTube series or via a podcast, um, it's important, I think, that we all refresh ourselves on what global history really is, especially from the eyes of the less powerful. Oh, beautiful. Thank, thank you, Sam. And also, Samantha also hosts the Humans First Asia call, which I'm currently amending a couple of times. So if you're in, in Europe, for example, like me, there's a great opportunity to join Sam in some real real life exploration, research, debate with some of our uh, Global South peers. 
not always comfortable. And Sam, Sam, and Sam um, shared a wonderful comment with me previously, which was safe spaces aren't comfortable spaces. So they shouldn't be scary spaces per se, but they are uncomfortable. And it's a brilliant space to be in. So I fully invite you to, to check out that, the Humans First Asia call as well. And how can people find you, Sam, if people want to connect or maybe just follow your work going forward? What's the best way for, for people to follow you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn and I also have a link tree. So that would be linktree slash Sam Soup, S-A-M-S-U-P-P. Okay, that's another conversation. I want to know about Sam Soup. <laughs> you need to get a link tree, Gary. Oh, God. Another tech tool. My God, I'm, I'm getting, now I feel like I'm getting old. Anyway, on that note, I'll try and activate that bit of consciousness sometime soon, Sam. Thank you so much, Sam. Thank you for joining us and have a great day. Cheers. Cheers. Welcome to the Activating Consciousness podcast platform. This platform is an amalgamation of a number of platforms from HexoChange, including Activating Consciousness, the Right Here, Right Now live show, the Inside Out show, and also the repurposing of a number of blogs, vlogs, poems, and other forms of media that all combined together are here to offer you the opportunity to raise the level of consciousness in yourself, in those around you, and in society at large. We believe at HexoChange that we are on the cusp of an exponential shift in human consciousness, unleashing the potential that we have never imagined possible. We hope to go on that journey with you together and feel free to subscribe at hexochangenow.com. One word for regular updates. See you around.